Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Southcombe and we've got a special podcast for you coming to you from Japan this evening. Uh, before we get into it though, um, just a bit of housekeeping first. Make sure you subscribe to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. We're doing these things um, pretty much uh, three times a week at the moment and we don't know quite what day we're going to be doing them on. Um, so the only way that you can keep up to date is if you subscribe and that way you get your notifications. So head over to your podcast provider and search for the Welsh Rugby Podcast and you should find us. Okay, on with the show then. And today we've got a, a pretty special one. I'm joined by uh, one of my colleagues out here, Alex Bywater, who is working for Westgate uh, Sports Agency. You will have seen some of his copy in the national newspapers over the last few weeks covering Wales. Um, Alex also used to work for Wales Online, so we worked together for a few years as well before he headed to Pastures New. Um, we've been on a few tours together, Alex. We did Argentina last summer and we've been on many Six Nations trips together. So uh, just give us a bit of insight into what, what sort of life is like on these trips because because it's um, perhaps not always what people might expect. No, well, it's been fun so far, but I think like any trip, it's pretty relentless. It's travel, press conference, train, hotel, move on and, and repeat, basically. But I think the World Cup is different, obviously different to any other tour. It's uh, certainly a few notches up from any summer trip or Six Nations trip. But um, it's been good fun so far. There's been plenty happening with Wales. You know, the interviews have been very good so far. Um, and the team are in a pretty good place with four wins from four ahead of the quarterfinal. Yeah, as a journalist, obviously, if you're covering one team, it's always a bit easier to, to cover them when, when things are going well. So obviously, we all like, contrary to popular belief, perhaps we all prefer to write about the good stuff rather than the bad. And in that sense, it's been going pretty well. Yeah, I mean, like any team, if they're winning, the players, the coaches, the management, all the people that we have to speak to as part of our job are, are generally happier. And at the moment, that's certainly the case with Wales. I think it's been very noticeable that whenever we, we're around the team hotel, whenever we're bumping into them at press conferences, mix zones, at games, they're very happy to talk to us. And that includes the players. And I'm, you know, that's certainly not commonplace in professional sport these days. Mm. And just on Japan, and obviously it's uh, it's a very different country. It's, it's my first time in Japan. Is it your first time in Japan? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been to China before, but haven't been to Japan. Yeah. Oh, you came to China on the football beat. Yeah. So Japan, then first time here. It's um, it's a very different uh, country and very different to what we're used to back home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we had onion rings for breakfast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I mean, that, that's uh, that's certainly very different, but. I mean, I would say it's incredibly different to anything I've experienced, but I'm sure you would agree with me that the welcome has been amazing. Wherever we've gone, people can't do enough for you. That's at hotels. We basically spend our life at hotels, whether that's where we're staying or the Wales team hotel for press conferences. Uh, and everyone is is so kind, so welcoming. That that extends to the matches where there's people helping you out, where to find your seat in the media room. And all that sort of stuff, which which is just fantastic, really. And um, I think, you know, obviously they're putting on a great show so far and it's been helped by Japan as a host nation doing brilliantly as well. Yeah, we'll come, maybe come on to that a little bit later on. But obviously, um, first and foremost, we, we're covering Wales pretty much um, every day at the moment. What what have you made of, of what they've actually been like on the field? Obviously, four wins from four, top their pool. First time they've won all four pool games since 1987. Um, confidence is high and, and they're playing well. Absolutely. Um Going into the tournament, everyone was talking about the Australia game, weren't they? It was Georgia first. While we, you know, expected a bit of a tough game from them, I think everyone thought that was going to be a, a winning start. That's so it proved. Uh, that that game was a fantastic start by Wales. A bonus point done before half time, which was a really good lead up to the Australia game. Now, and I just think we both think that 
we weren't quite sure how that was going to go. We know how much of a bogey side Australia have been, but the start Wales in that had in that game was fantastic, and I thought they thoroughly deserved to win. To win, even though Australia did fight back. The Fiji game perhaps wasn't quite as good. The start to that was, you know, room for improvement there. But they showed grit and character to come out out there. And then with Uruguay, I think I said to you, didn't I? We had a bit of a laugh. The Uruguay game was fairly irrelevant, really, to the quarterfinal. There was lots of changes. Um, and my opinion is that won't impact massively on what happens this weekend against France. So to be four from four, you can't really ask for much more. And I think Wales are in a fine place going into the quarterfinal with France. And more importantly, I think they've got confidence, self-belief, and I still think they can improve further. Yeah. And just on that Fiji game, man, we, obviously the, the start that they had was, you know, it was awful really. And, and you're kind of looking around thinking, oh God, maybe, maybe everything we've seen in the last 18 months, going all the way back to our tour of Argentina, you know, maybe that's all just been a, a bit of a false dawn. And um, but as you said, they they sort of dug in, um, reassessed things, came back out, and ended up with a bonus point win. And Fiji got nothing from the game. And I think is that is that the difference maybe between this team and teams of the past that probably would have would have cr- crumbled under that. Yeah, I, th- I think I think absolutely the character and belief that they showed in winning tight games is a real, real positive for this World Cup, and it bodes pretty well for me. Um, in years gone by a Wales team going 10-0 down to Fiji who were excellent by the way like everything we have to say about Wales maybe starting slowly in that game you have to counter with the fact that Fiji were superb and you know they pushed Wales all the way in that game but like I said another team may well have lost that game in years gone by Wales didn't you know in guys like uh, Alan Wynne-Jones Ken Owens I know he went off injured in the second half of the Fiji game but John Davis you know these are guys that know how to win big games whether that's with the Wales, with the Lions, you know, they've they've done it with their clubs as well. So these are guys that are the fulcrum of this Wales side and with them at the heart of it, really, I think, you know, Wales can have high hopes of beating France and then from from there anything can happen. All right, this is obviously all all going quite well at the moment. What's been one of the, what's been probably the most impressive thing for you so far um, from this Wales side? I think... Well, I mean, to be four wins from four is is the is the first thing, isn't it? But but aside from that, I think it's the quiet confidence and nature of the way they're going about their business. You know, they have belief in their own ability, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, it's a very unwelsh like trait, I think, to to have full confidence in your own ability, and not only that, but not be afraid to say it as well. You know, we've had, we've had a couple of the players today at the media session in Beppu saying, you know why can't we win this World Cup? And I think in years gone by, certain Wales players or Wales teams would have been afraid to say that. But, you know, if this team can't say it, I don't think any team can on the back of the 18 months they've had with the Six Nations Grand Slam, the 14-match unbeaten run and uh, the strength and depth they've built. That's not to say they definitely will win it. You know, obviously there's some fantastic quarterfinals, some amazing opposition again that we'll, they'll come up against. But... Um, I think there's certainly reason for optimism and that, and that's quite exciting. Time will tell whether it comes off, I guess. Yeah, and uh, you touched on it as well. When, when Wales are doing well, it, everything seems to, to come easier in press conferences and, and around the team, everyone's a bit more relaxed and, and the interviews tend to be a bit better as well. And like you said, we've had a couple of good interviews so far in this tournament. What, what have been some of the some of the better ones from the, the, as far as you're concerned? We have had some good ones so far. I think, I think you're spot on there. Um... Ooh. 
I think one of the, I think if we work back from, uh, it's been quite a long tour. So if we work back from where we are now, I actually really enjoyed Halamemos before the Uruguay game. I thought, you know, obviously as an aspiring doctor, he's a very intelligent young man. He spoke very well about the frustrations that he's had um, by not really playing. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't have the best of games against Uruguay, but that, but that's by the by, that was an excellent interview. We've had Liam Williams a couple of times yeah. and he's been very, very good so far. I think, you know, it's a mark of the confidence that he's got both on the field and off the field now, how comfortable he is with the media. I mean, I'm sure um, all the listeners to the podcast are aware of the the issues he's had with a stammer in the past. And, you know, it's meant that at times he hasn't been comfortable talking in front of large groups of journalists and certainly not doing broadcast radio or, or TV interviews. But um on this tour so far, you know, he's been fantastic with the media. He's been sat down with large groups of journalists. And to be honest, that wouldn't really have been possible for him to do it a few years a few years ago. So I think that's a, a sign of how far he's grown. And, you know, there's, there's been a few lighthearted moments as well, hasn't there? Uh, at press conferences, I think, you know, after the Australia game when um, we asked Alan Wynne-Jones about kissing George, or, George North or, or the other way around yeah. and I think like you know those light-hearted moments are maybe ones that you're not going to get if a team's losing or a team's tetchy but I think they're the ones that players may be more uh, prone to talking about when things are going well so that has certainly been the case for Wales so far things are going to go up a notch now um, and it's knockout rugby now and that's the interesting thing you know maybe it's time to uh knock the light out questions on the end because ultimately if, obviously if they lose on Sunday against France it's game over they're going home and we're going home yeah absolutely alright we'll leave it there for now with Alex um, earlier on I caught up with Wales Online columnist Mike Phillips to get his thoughts on how things have gone so far and obviously the upcoming quarter final against France and here's what he had to say Again what have you made of, uh, of Wales so far in this tournament then overall we've been obviously following and getting your thoughts uh, throughout the pool stage. But looking back on it, four wins from four, it's um, it's gone very well so far. Yeah, I mean, they've been, you know, standing, you know, they've been really efficient and clinical and, um, you, know, you know, you've got to give them so much credit because um, they've performed a few times in the and they've, you know, they've been, you know, cracking up the crack and, um, you know, all in all, um, they've been outstanding and, you um, Okay, some, some players have really shined, you know, like Gareth Davis, and um, he's been exceptional at nine, and um, you know, he's one of the key players of the tournament. So, um, Josh Adams as well has been magnificent, and it's great to see, you know. So, um, hopefully, they can keep, keep keep things going now. One more game. So, what, what's been the, one of the mo- most impressive things for you so far in this tournament? And I know you've liked um, the, the confidence that the group have got at the moment, and I know you think that perhaps hasn't always been there in Welsh sides in the past. So what's been the most impressive thing for you so far? I think, um, you know, living up to expectation, I think um, the, the big game was against Australia and they started that game so well and so they were so clinical and, um, you know, they, right, off the, right off the bat, they, you know, they, they, they found they, you know, slotted back. They turned that pick off over it. Dan Bigger got back in the pocket and they scored those three points and and they were so clinical and and the whips they put on the ball in that game as well um, as you could to see they played some really nice rugby and um, and then they grinded out in the second half you know whereas in the past you know we'd have lost that game so um, you know they they, they don't know how to lose at the minute which is which is great to see. 
do, do you think other teams in the tournament uh, sort of uh, will not want to face Wales now? Because obviously, like I'm, I'm out here traveling with with Wales, so I'm in a bit of a bubble, and it's difficult to figure out how other teams perceive Wales. But do you think they're going to be a side that, that other teams are going to want to avoid? Yeah, I think um, you know Wales have gone under the radar a little bit, and that's what we've always done in the past. Um, you know, um, yeah, we've gone about our business quietly, I think, and um, you know the, the boys have performed when needed to, and um, um, you know, I think um, you know they had to grind out a win against Fiji because uh, they were so disciplined in that game, and you know the defence. Was outstanding at times, and obviously, you know, I know they missed the few tackles, but I think any anyone in the world would have missed those tackles. I mean, those players were exceptional, but um, you know, again, they dug deep and they, they showed that they've got the bottle and they've got the discipline to, you know, to grind out these wins. And you know, you've got some star players in there now who have really shined. And as I mentioned, Josh Adams and Gareth Davis, and you know, we've got the likes of Bigger and Patchell who are playing well. And, um, to control things so um, you know it's um, Jonathan Davis playing well in CG again so you know we've got the players there to, to, to do the business and uh, Wales have, have won their groups at World Cups in the past but the last time they won all four games in the pool was in 87 uh, how important is it for, for their confidence do you think that they didn't let uh, any of those pool games slip where, where they have perhaps done in the past Yeah, I mean, so the, the strength of character and the, and the belief that's in the squad and which they generated themselves over the last, you know, two years, really. I think um, uh, they've been on a journey together and they've grown. Um, they've got great leadership within the squad, obviously, and, and they've got a management team that's been there and done it all. Um, so that's the experience. Um, and... Um, like I say, we're, we're in a great place. I mean, obviously, you can't get too ahead of ourselves. And, uh, you know, France will, they will pose a threat. But um, I think they haven't really, um, you know, performed um, to the levels of, of where they should be in the last couple of, say, the last couple of games and a couple of years. So I think, you know, we're having beaten them seven times out of, out of eight. I think it is, um, you know, we should be confident from that and, and yeah, and you touched on uh, Jonathan Davis. Uh, he's been obviously one of the sort of injury worries at the moment, uh, but it, it looks as though um, uh, John Davis, uh, Dan Bigger, and George North are all going to be fit and ready to go um, on Sunday. How big a boost for Wales is that? Yeah, massive boost. I mean, uh, I mean, you look at the side. You know, anyone who can produce a match performance and, and do the, you know, the um, uh, be the main man. And um, but they're all playing together. You know, they they see the import, they know the importance of, of playing as a squad together and as a team, as a collective. And um, you know, but um, yeah, you've got those individuals that can produce that moment of brilliance. Uh, you know, when he did, and um, it's great to see. And um, you know, uh, you know, you got tip, tips on fire as well, and um, you know, the front five all you know pushing for places, and you know, it, it's been um, it's been great to watch. And uh, Mike, unfortunately, I can't let you go um, without mentioning the uh, the 2011 game. I'm sure you knew this was coming. Obviously, Wales have got France again in the knockout stages of a World Cup. You were there. 
um, all those years ago when obviously Sam Warpton was sent off. Um, what are you, what are your memories of that, of that day? It was um, it wasn't an easy one. Um, no, obviously it was uh, you know it's it's, it's tough to. Um, to analyze it really. I mean, I wasn't sensing what he was doing, but then, um, you know, getting to the semi finals, we were on a, we were on a, you know, this, um, this wave of euphoria, we were playing some, some of our best stuff, and then, yeah, things just did to, to, to happen for us in that semi final game, which was, um, you know, devastating, and, uh, uh, you know, we, we stayed in the game really well, we were, you know, we were in it right until the last second, and, you know, we just, but that sport, you know, you've got to take the opportunities and we didn't take them that day. And even though we had a red card, we still sort of won the game. And, um, but, you know, we, we lost Adam Jones as well in that game early on. And just for some reason, um, the rugby gods went and started to shine on us that day and we wanted to be it. But, you know, we did, on the back of that, we did go into a grand slam and another Six Nations Championship straight after it. And, you know, players gained a lot of respect. Experience from that, uh, you know, from that World Cup, and you know the players are still there today. So hopefully they can, you know, I'm sure they've learned uh, from that again, and they can kick on in this World Cup. And uh, just finally, then, Mike, before I let you go, um, there's a lot of people back in Wales, as you touched on, and, and they're going to have to deal with a bit of expectation on their on their shoulders this week. Um, are you confident that they can get the job done on Sunday? Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know. Um, I lived in France, I played, um, played out in France and it was one of the best um, experiences I had and it was a great source of that opportunity and, um, but, you know, they're, they're probably in a bit of a, they haven't really, you know, produced their best stuff in the last couple of years really and, um, you know, they've been a bit um, bit slow in, in this World Cup. Um, of course, they've got some amazing athletes and, and they will pose a threat, but can they play for 80 minutes is probably... Um, the big question and have they got the discipline you know to stay in a game with Wales that don't think they have so um, you know I think Wales will, will you know will win I think it would be a major major shock if Wales lose but um, you know I think Wales will win by uh, you know 10 to 12 points really so um, but you know it's, it's going to be tough as well Alright listen Mike I won't keep you any longer I appreciate your time as always and we'll catch up with you soon Alex, back to back to our our little tour. Then um, I think, as you've touched on as well, around the hotel, you've got um, players happy to sit down, have a chat with you in casual set settings. The coaches as well, and and backroom staff all the same. And and it's quite noticeable. I mean, it's it's sometimes you've got to remind yourself that these these people are in probably the most highly pressurized situations they'll ever find themselves in, especially in their careers. And um, it, it sort of struck me that I, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen them quite as as relaxed as they appear to be. No, I think I think the first thing to say is that generally a lot of them are nice blokes. You know, when we are doing Wales press conferences at the Vale Hotel on the outskirts of Cardiff, which is you know the normal location for any sort of pre-match Wales press conference when we're at home, normally they would just wave or say hello, wouldn't they? But um, you're right, like out here we're, we're kind of living in their pockets aren't aren't we wherever they go we go yeah. they're used to seeing us um and it has been noticeable especially when we're in otsu in the break between the australia and the fiji match there's plenty of downtime there and when we were in the team hotel you know 
a few of the players are, would come over and, and talk and say hi. Um, you know, George North Hadley Parks were two that spring to mind. And, uh, you know, I think I think it's just quite reflective, like you say, of the team environment right now. They're in a good place. They're, they're winning. Confidence is high. Um, and they're happy to have a, have a chat to us. And I think, like you said, that's been reflected in some of the interviews we've had. I think it's interesting as well, talking to a few of the other English journalists now that we're down in Oita for the quarterfinals. Um, Dave, England are obviously here ahead of facing Australia. And a quite a few of their journalists, the ones that cover the England team, uh, I should make clear, have basically been saying, you know, it's very, very different covering the England yeah. team. There isn't that sense of, uh, there isn't that relationship really. There isn't, a willingness for their players to engage with the media and when we say engage it's not like we're going out for a beer or a coffee yeah. it's just a case you know hi yeah how are you yeah good yeah all that sort of stuff and I think that's quite reflective of an of the team environment it, it bodes well with Wales it reflects well on Wales and we've known for a long time now that the Wales camp don't just place a great importance on their rugby obviously that's the most important thing but they place a huge emphasis on having good characters in the team no bad eggs and we've seen that on this trip. Yeah. And uh, obviously it's Warren Gatland's last campaign with Wales, as we know. Um, he'll move on at the end of this tournament, whenever it comes. Um, what have you made of him in particular so far? It's been... Um, it, we, we all sort of left that the um, stadium in Kumamoto, didn't we, after that game, thinking, oh, I think that, that was a bit more like the Warren Gatland of old, where it was a bit more punchy. It was obviously the lines coming out about, you know, we could change our lives, you know, 240 minutes, et cetera, et cetera. What, what have you made of him so far and then building up to now? Well, I think it was interesting, wasn't it? That that post-game press conference from Uruguay, the first one of him looking ahead to France was brilliant. Yeah, that, that line about, uh, you know, we're 240 minutes from history was, was brilliant. And it was, you know, classic Warren Gatland, really. The four games in the pool, I don't think he's really felt the need to throw any bombs or, you know, really rile anyone else up or rile his team up. And I think he knows that his team are on point, so he doesn't need to be going out there and saying things at a million miles an hour to wind, to wind his own players up. I think he knows that they're in a good place. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he says now on Thursday when we when he announces the team to face uh, to face France. But... I think like I think his attitude so far in this tournament has been quite reflective of the team. Cool, calm, pretty confident, quietly confident in what they're doing. Um and I think what will suit him and Wales as well this weekend going into the quarterfinals is that even though they're unbeaten four from four in the quarterfinals, still that many not that many people are talking about Wales. Especially because if you look at the other quarterfinals, uh Ireland, New Zealand is a massive game. Obviously, on the back of what Japan are doing, everyone's talking about Japan and whether they can beat South Africa. England, Australia with Eddie Jones against Michael Shecker is always going to be massive. And arguably, you know, Wales-France is probably, probably, even though it's going to be a great game, probably the most low-key. Mm. And I think that'll suit Gatlin and Wales absolutely down to the ground. They'll happily go under the radar a bit. But then if they beat France, you know... Could all be on, couldn't it? You know they're going to play. They're going to play South Africa or Japan in the semi-finals there. And if I think if you'd offered Warren Gatland the pool stage games that he got, and then ties with France and South Africa or Japan to reach a World Cup final, it'd have bitten your hand off. Mm. All right. And do you think? Do you think with it being his last campaign, that's having any sort of tangible impact on the players? I mean, 
they haven't really spoken about it much up until now. Gareth Davis touched on it in his press conference today, um, which is probably the first time you've heard a player really sort of openly say, you know, actually we have spoken about it because it's a bit, you know, it's a big thing because a lot of these players, all they'll have ever known is Warren Gatland in a in a Wales jersey and. Um, you know, do you think that the fact that it's his last campaign is serving as as any sort of motivating factor for them? I think the players are hugely motivated, regardless. Um, I think it's first reared its head today, obviously looking ahead to France, by the dawning realization that if they were to lose, that would be it. That would be it. Yeah, and I think you know Gareth Davis, the scrum half, spoke spoke well on that on that. Uh, that fact, the fact, that fact this morning. I'm not sure it's a massive, massive motivation for them. Of course it is, but you know they don't need any extra motivation. Mm-hmm. They they know what's at stake here. I think Gareth came out with a line that you know they've been thinking about this for 18 months. You know we've covered the team pretty much wherever they've gone for the last 18 months, and it's always been with this in mind, hasn't it? Wherever we've been, Argentina or uh, Washington or wherever that it, that always the end goal was the World Cup in Japan. Mm-hmm. And and now we're here. I don't think they're lacking for any motivations. Certainly, um, what I would say is I'm sure that they're absolutely desperate for Sunday not to be their last game or Warren Gatland's last game. Um, my hunch is I don't think it will be. Um, I think it'll be a tough game, but I'm sure that they'll want to send Warren out on a high. You know, everything that he's achieved with Wales is probably probably deserving of that. Um, and hopefully they can get to the semi-finals. Yeah. Um, all right, it's been a very positive podcast um, until now. So let's try and bring our, our listeners back down to earth slightly. If if something can go wrong in this tournament, what is the one thing that, that Wales fans should uh, maybe not be worried about, but perhaps be aware of, or, or perhaps Wales need to guard against? What, what's something that's sort of nagging in the back of your mind? Um, well, in terms of things that have gone wrong, obviously the Rob Howley uh, situation at the start of tour was something that went very badly wrong very, very quickly. Um, that was in the first matter of days, wasn't it, when we were down in Kitakishu. Um, that was a sort of remarkable start to the tour. Um, and, you know, it was a disaster, really, to lose the attack coach um, on the eve of the tournament. I think I'd only been in Japan about a week or so, maybe even less. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was far from an ideal start. In terms of things that could go wrong, obviously injuries is the main one. You know, this these last few days we've had a bit of a, a concern in terms of Wales over Jonathan Davis, George North, and Dan Bigger. Uh, they've all, all three of them have had respective knocks. I think Jonathan Davis was the biggest concern with his with his knee injury. Um, we watched them train today in Beppu, and all three of those guys looked okay. John Davis was one running all right. Not that I'm any medical expert, but um, I think the biggest thing would be injuries you know if any one of the key guys went down especially Alan Wynne-Jones Ken Owens uh, and maybe if John Davis wasn't wasn't quite right I think that would be very bad news for Wales against France and there is always something with France isn't there it's, it's, it's the old age old cliche not necessarily what team is going to turn up but we all know that France can do something out of the ordinary we've seen that when they've beat New Zealand in previous World Cups and I think any Welsh fan will probably be thinking there'll be something in the back of their minds, just a little thing they're going, oh, we'll be wary of this France team. Yeah. Um, and I think the players will be too. And and I think, you know, we saw in the Six Nations, didn't we, that it's always a tight game between Wales and France. And, the, the you know, they can't afford to have the start that they did in that game in Paris, 16-0 down. 
Um, they managed to overturn that, but it would be a big ask to do it again if that were to happen again. All right, then uh, just finally before we uh, bring to an end our little podcast extravaganza, what are we thinking in terms of where Wales can get to and uh, and where they can go from here? I mean, obviously, um, there's a lot of optimism back home in Wales. Um, Welsh fans very high spirits at the moment. Um, wh- what do we think is achievable with, with this group of players? Well, that's a big question, isn't it? That's a big question. I mean... For, for 18 months now yeah, the, the team have been relatively confident that they can do well in Japan it has gone well so far um, kind of feel like everything we're saying is very positive but in my opinion you know, everything has gone well so far mm. I think they will probably beat France in a tight game and then my opinion is that they'll play South Africa in the semi-finals. I think Japan have been absolutely brilliant, haven't they, so far in the tournament? Yeah, you know, some of the rugby they played, especially against Scotland, was was unbelievable. I've just got a hunch though that South Africa will will be too much for them. So that so Wales will go and play South Africa in the semi-finals then, and then that's just such a tough one to call, isn't it? Wales have got a really good record against South Africa in the recent years, but Razi Erasmus has really changed the Springboks around, and I think that will be a really tough game. And some of the brutal ball carriers that South Africa have in the pack I think could could make like life difficult for Wales so I think my prediction is Wales will make the semi-finals um, and then oh, I don't really want to put my head on the block any, <laughs> any more than that but uh, I think they'll make the semi-finals and then a game with South Africa will be a, a flip of the coin job to be honest I think well, to, to be fair, I think a lot of people back home and, and a lot of the boys back in the uh, Wales online office probably agree with you on that. Um, I think we can all see Wales doing pretty well um, this weekend. And then, I mean, when you get to the semi-finals of a World Cup, anything anything can and, and probably will happen. Um, so just for the rest of the week then, Al, what, what are, we, are we looking forward to, to Sunday? It's, it's going to be probably the biggest game we've covered out here in Japan, obviously, because the stakes are so high. And, uh, you know, from now, really, it, it begins to ramp up. It's definitely the biggest game. I think we, you know, the the, the busy nature of this tour is going to carry on. We've got uh, media access with Wales on Wednesday. Thursday is their day off. Uh, then Friday will be the team announcement. Saturday, captains run, which is the same day as the um, England Australia quarterfinal. And then we then we're into the match in Oita. So it's it's another crazy week. It's another hectic week. The days are flying by, aren't they? You know, every day we seem to wake up cover the press conference do all the media then it's dark and then <laughs> then we go again but um, it's hectic it's good fun um, and like you say it's, the, it's definitely the Wales' biggest match so far the Australia game was massive but I remember you saying at the time you know it's not do or die Wales could lose this match and still qualify for the quarterfinals it would have made it harder in the end they won that game but now it's perilous rugby isn't it yeah. you know if, if there's mistakes if there's a red card, a yellow card, it could lead to it all ending very, very quickly. That's quite exciting <laughs> in in some regard, but it's also on the all on the line for Wales. And um, I think they'll, I think they will have enough to beat France. Um, and then we'll see what happens. But uh, we'll, then we'll we'll probably go back up to Tokyo or Yokohama then for the semi-finals, and uh, things will ratchet up a notch again. But um, well, it's, it's certainly a, a pleasure to be involved in. 
Alright, listen, Alex, thanks a lot for your time and thanks for joining us on the Welsh Rugby Podcast. And as, as Alex mentioned, it's going to be a very busy week from now on. We're going to have lots of press conferences, uh, team announcements, and of course the game coming up on Sunday. There's going to be plenty happening out here in Japan and you can follow it all on Wales Online.